folks, do you love movies? The good ones, even the bad ones everyone told you not to like. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies by Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code SUPERSKYTALKERS, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this week's episode where we're talking all about the newest episode of The Bad Batch, Decommissioned. And this episode aired on June 4th, 2021. It was directed by Nathaniel Villanueva, and it was written by Amanda Rose Munoz. I really loved this episode. I watched this like in intervals, like not all at once. And <laughs> I found this episode, it was had so many peaks to it that I was texting you like, oh my gosh, you got to watch this now. Can't wait to talk about this. You have to watch it. <laughs> Let me know when you've watched it. What did you think of it? I loved this episode. This is <laughs> one of my favorites of the season. Oh my God. <laughs> Also, before we get started, I just have to apologize. I am getting over a, a pretty bad sinus infection. So when we started recording, Charlotte goes, something's wrong with your mic. And I was like, no, I think it's just me because <laughs> I'm really stuffy. So. She just sounds different. She sounds yeah. fine. Yeah. But she just, sounds different. So I thought it was a mic issue. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, so if you are noticing a difference, that's probably what it is. <laughs> but yeah, I really love this episode. I was stuck in meetings all day on Friday until like 2.30. It was like straight meetings. It was awful. It was so long. And uh, I was so excited to watch this episode. Luckily, I did not get spoiled because I was so excited to see Trace and Rafa back in this episode. I... If you guys listen to our Clone Wars recaps, uh, you guys know Charlotte and I love the Trace and Rafa uh, series with Ahsoka's walkabout. I thought that uh, set of four episodes that Ark had some of the wittiest dialogue that we have seen in Clone Wars, especially in season seven. I thought it was so good. Trace and Rafa just kind of like leaped off the screen for me. Um, I, we talked about it back then, but seeing them argue in like on a road trip, basically, I felt so seen as a younger sister with an older sister, like arguing <laughs> on a road trip. I was like, oh, this is Star Wars for me. <laughs> so I was so excited to see them back. And I just I love Rafa. She is so fun. I know. She's great. And honestly, to see her in Omega communicate. It was just great. I love Omega so much. And I really also love Trace and Rafa. I was really surprised to see them. And per our last conversation in our last episode about reusing character models, we honestly should have seen this coming. I don't know why we didn't. (laughs) Everything that happened in season seven of The Clone Wars has potential to happen in The Bad Batch because of reused character models. And here we are again. 
they were wearing some honestly kind of unfortunate uh, <laughs> jumpsuits. <laughs> I mean, you think back and Rafa had this like fabulous like fur coat and her nails were painted and she had jewelry, her hair. Oh my God, I it was know. so cool. And now she's, you're right, she's in this like jumpsuit. <laughs> it's just really bad. Like I, I understand why it had to be and it makes sense. It's utilitarian. Like it all makes well, sense. Well, they're right? undercover. They're undercover. She can't show course. up to it. <laughs> But I missed the coat. I missed the coat. (laughs) Okay. Rafa would be the one to show up just in her fur coat, though, at the to get the the droid head. She'd be like, well, you always have to be in style. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess it did. It helped me. The surprise was really preserved for me. I again I'm really shocked. Just to be petty for a second, Trace and Rafa got a lot of critique in Clone Wars season seven and it was kind of frustrating to me, at least personally, and I was really happy to see them back. I I want more of them and their content and everything to do with them. I could I would actually watch a whole series of just Trace and Rafa's adventures, and I hope this isn't the last we see of them. Yeah, I hope not either. I think we'll see them again because Rafa at the end was like, I know where to find them. Yeah, true. You know, and I think this episode, if we're going to talk about Trace and Rafa for a second before we really get into our actual Bad Batch characters and Omega, I think that this episode really kind of showed some growth from Trace and Rafa kind of subtly, especially, you know, the fact that like, what are they even doing there? Right. They're clearly on this mission um, to get the tactical droid head. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> something a little gruesome about that the tactical droid head um but they make a point of telling hunter and the rest of the bad batch that the person they're getting this information for is going to use it to help people and i think that is a really big difference from kind of what we see their motivations in clone wars season seven a lot of their motivations and this is a big part of their arc along with ahsoka in that season was strictly about survival and making sure that, that for Rafa as the older sister, making sure that she had the means, the money, the credits to be able to take care of Trace and get them in a better position in life. And so wherever they are now, whatever has happened to them since we last seen them, that is not a factor really, or at least it's they didn't talk about it. And I think it was important to see them that their goal here, like Rafa yelling at Hunter of like, you you know how important this droid is. Like, you know what it is and the information that it has and you don't even know who you're giving it to. Like that is so irresponsible basically. And that is kind of a whole 180 from her um, treating Spice in Clone Wars season seven, basically mm-hmm. for a paycheck for credits for her and her sister. And I think that is a really... It's really cool to see that shift to see that whatever they're they're with right now, whatever organization, and I think it's Fulcrum, <laughs> they seem um, like that feels like a purpose for them that they both have really latched onto, which I was really glad to see that. Let's just jump right there because what you're saying implies that it is like pre decided that we think Trace and Rafa are working for the good guys, right? Not necessarily the bad guys. And I agree with you. I think that is true. But I think it's the episode becomes more layered if we can consider both options, both, you know, potentially Trace and Rafa are working for the good guys like the Rebellion or in Fulcrum or potentially Trace and Rafa are working for the bad. And I think that what makes Trace and Rafa's character super interesting in the Clone Wars was this journey that 
she brought they, they brought Ahsoka on that Ahsoka brought them on and you're right in, in saying that like there is a subtle character growth here maybe not subtle maybe it's like fully full character growth especially if it is working for the good so Caitlin who do you think the good is I do think it's Fulgrim I think it's Bale that was my first thought it's funny because I keep seeing so many different – I had no thoughts, honestly, towards the end. I was like, oh, I guess it's the Rebellion, but I didn't really think that much about it. And I, I like all the conversation that has been happening throughout the weekend about who it could possibly be. Our friend Savannah thought it could potentially be Maul. I could also see it being Ahsoka just because it seems like Trace and Rafa have R7, who is Ahsoka's droid that was seen at the end of the Clone Wars, even in the final scene. So – I, I find that interesting, like it, that Trace and Rafa were in touch with Ahsoka. So then it goes to your point about it could potentially be Bale or someone re- in re- uh, involved with the rebellion, a fulcrum agent. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Ahsoka per our earlier conversation about reused models. <laughs> and I don't know when the last time they made a Bale character model. I can't remember. Bale has shown up in pretty much everything. They've got so many Bale character models. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. And honestly, oh my gosh, I just like my mind is just wandering a little bit. Just like let me go down this path, okay? Okay. That if we can come to the realization that Ahsoka gave Trace and Rafa our seven and that Trace and Rafa are in touch with Bale Organa, then is Ahsoka in touch with Bail Organa? And then at this point, is Ahsoka aware of Leia's existence? And then at this point, is it possible <laughs> that there's a meeting between <laughs> Bail, Ahsoka, and baby Leia? And that excites me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> She's spiraling, folks. She's yeah. spiraling. <laughs> okay, then I just got this from a singular droid and a shadowy figure. <laughs> so again, just let me go down that path. That makes me very excited. Okay, so then the other side of this is if, 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 if it was the bad, going back to our reused character models and everything that you said last episode, Caitlin, about Maul and Dryden Voss somehow being involved in the Bad Batch storyline, could it possibly be Maul or Dryden or someone like that in the hologram? I feel like what's cool about this cliffhanger is that there's so many different possibilities. I think I'm yeah. with you. Like, if I were to put money on it, I think I would say it's Bale, but just for the sake of it, and what we talked about last time, could it be Maul or could it be Dryden? I think that, I think if we're looking at kind of patterns that we've seen in other shows, both live action and predominantly here in animation, I think it makes the most sense for it to be Bale just because we've seen this same, like Rebels, Rebels is this entire premise, right, of uh, Hera talking to some shadowy figure and no one knows who it is. And spoiler, it's Bale and Fulcrum and Ahsoka and like that whole um, operation. And we see other people working within this operation, these like different uh, groupings of people before they all come together to be the rebellion. And I think it makes a lot of sense that Bale would kind of already like we're we're like a week after order 66 if that is kind of already immediately putting together a plan that seems very much like something Bale would do also if we're thinking too about the seeds of the rebellion deleted scene from revenge of the sith like these are conversations that that group of people were already kind of having right yeah and so yeah. it it makes that like i think that continuation makes a lot of sense for it to be Bale, especially when we are considering the connection between Ahsoka and Rafa and Trace. I do still think that 
I really can't see a world where it's mall unless they're being duped or something like that. But the way that they talk about like helping people with that information, that was kind of a big thing that Ahsoka Ahsoka. had talked about with them. I can't remember the conversation, but they were basically trashing the Jedi, I think. And Ahsoka was like, when you see something, you help or something like that. But it it was a pretty important conversation the three of them had. And so to see them kind of pointedly bring up this concept of helping people, I don't know. That connection seems pretty strong to me. I also think that Maul and Dryden are tied. I still am putting money on them being after Omega. And so when we put all these pieces together, right, we have Sid. I haven't talked about Sid. By the way, I love Sid. I love her so much. I hope she stays for a long time. (laughs) Um, We have Sid, who at this point, I think – thinks that Fennec is after the Bad Batch themselves, not really Omega, but the clones. And then whoever, because I think eventually she might betray them. I think that's not a far stretch to imagine. But we have groups of people who are potentially after the clones as, well, we already know that Tarkin and What's-His-Face from Kamino are after the clones. We have potentially Maul and Dryden after Omega. And now we have Bale and Trace and Rafa after the clones for some other reason too <laughs> it's like yeah. we're all gonna end up on um what is the planet or mentel yeah. <laughs> all these people <laughs> together i think there's a lot of uh webs being created here of all these different characters kind of converging on this group of people and what it's going to mean for all of them okay so let's talk about sid because i don't think we talked enough last episode about whether or not Sid was good or bad. And I think we were, I don't know if we should trust her. And I am more in the camp of we actually shouldn't trust her at all. I think that they might introduce someone from the rebellion like Bale, like you said, that makes the choice between the Bad Batch working for her and being part of this bounty hunter guild versus joining the rebellion with like missions related to, you know, the post empire rise and dealing with what happens when you start a rebellion, I feel like it makes it clearer for the audience. Like it's a much more clear moral journey for the Bad Batch to say, no, we're going to choose to help the good side, aka the rebellion, versus we're going to do crime <laughs> for <laughs> underground. You know, like I just a criminal. I feel like it's, it's very, very clear. You know what I mean? So funny. Yeah, I think that I think this episode really kind of laid the groundwork for that. I think you're absolutely right that uh, I don't I still think we can kind of trust Sid and she makes the points in the beginning of saying you are going to work for me because I'm going to have your back. And so I think as soon as it becomes not profitable for her to do that, that's when like you can trust her as far as you can throw her basically until like someone else gives a bigger paycheck, you know? <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right, though, about this this like moral choice of like what they're going to do and this thing we keep talking about of the clone's purpose. And I think it worked really well for this episode because like we talked about, if Trace and Rafa seem to have found a purpose now, if they are working for the good guys, right, then they have the, Hunter and Rafa have that conversation at the end where Hunter is like, you know, to be honest, it was it, things were a lot easier when we were just soldiers. And Rafa says, take it from me. You're always at the end of the day, you're going to have to choose. Basically, you always have to choose is what she says. And I think that really kind of sticks with Hunter because he ends up giving her 
the little bit of information that they have because she's going to take it and use it to help people, as she says. And they they also have a conversation in the episode where Hunter is like, yeah, we're just we're just here for a paycheck. Like we're getting paid to do this. <laughs> and Ralph is like, that's a really bad answer. Take it from me. <laughs> I've been there. And so I think, yeah, I think it's absolutely going to come down to them making a choice probably by the end of the season, I'd imagine about what their purpose as a squad is going to be uh, now that they kind of have their bearings more on how things are playing out in the galaxy. Now that the empire has taken control. Yeah. I think that, I've seen a lot of chatter online about how the Bad Batch is actually introducing a lot of different characters. And it's an interesting thing watching a show week to week, uh, especially it brings me back to the Clone Wars days of like the long form Clone Wars days back in the the aughts, you know, of oh going through arcs that maybe weren't our favorite, but they did take us on a journey. I'm not saying that's true about Bad Batch. I love every single episode so far, but there's just a lot going on in this show right now. It, are, it feels like that now, at least for me, about all these different paths diverging and all these different characters being introduced or familiar characters that we're aware of, of different storylines. And we haven't seen Crosshair in a bit and just all these different things that are happening in the show. And what's so great about a show like The Bad Batch that has 16 episodes and hopefully a season two is that hopefully all these things are going to resolve in a satisfying way, maybe by the season finale not not everything will be resolved, but all these points p- potentially could converge into a really satisfying way. Yeah, so I'm. I think that the more we can draw these these pointed expectations for what our characters are going to do, like to me, I think it's really clear that Hunter is a good guy and he's going to choose the good at the end of the day. But I don't know what, exactly what that looks like in terms of their path, just because. Well, we didn't see them in the rebellion in A New Hope. We didn't see them in Rebels, you know. We don't see them with Rex later. So it their path is going to be wavy and I can't wait to go on it. But there's just a lot yeah. of characters that are introduced and I'm just like wondering what it all means. And that's not a negative thing. I just um I'm wondering what it all has to do with their own journey. Yeah, yeah. And I'll also bring up our conversation a couple of weeks ago, too, about the possibility of some, all of the Bad Batch walking away from yeah. the this life of war, of missions, of things like that to, you know, follow something like Cut, what he does. So that's always a possibility, too, I think. Yeah, especially, I mean, God forbid the show gets canceled or doesn't get renewed and they have to do some sort of, like, quicker ending i feel like that would make sense for all of these characters honestly at any point um i don't want that to happen in an abrupt way but i can see that happening um if they needed to and i don't think they're going to because apparently the show's doing well yeah (laughs) i think i think they'll be fine but yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i feel like we should talk now more about our bad batch characters and maybe we should start with our favorite cute moment since we're making this a recurring thing favorite cute moment okay this episode didn't have as many like soft moments as some of our others but i will say this is not an omega moment that i'm going to shout out this episode i know i know um my favorite moment was at the beginning when sid is like i you guys know what a tactical droid head is tactical droid is right and tech leaps from the back of the ground <laughs> and he starts like yelling out what he knows about tactical <laughs> and Sid, she basically tells him to shut up that this is her debrief 
<laughs> and she will explain what tactical droids are. And I just thought it was so funny because he literally like <laughs> he jumps into yeah, the front. Yeah, he, he comes out from you can't even see him. And then all of a sudden he's there, he, like swims through the crowd and he's like, yeah. and I know. <laughs> he's like, a tactical droid. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that's such a good moment. I laughed so hard. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite cute moment? This is not necessarily a cute moment as much as it's one that really pulled on my heartstrings. And it's when Omega was about to fall into the incinerator a la Toy Story 3. And she calls on the comm link for Hunter and says, I need help. Mm. And it was a really good voice acting moment I think um, and it really made me realize that she was in a really desperate situation and really wanted to figure out things for herself in in a way but it got to a, a point where she couldn't do that and she needed to ask for her dad Hunter for help and it was really cute but yeah. I want to say that my probably my favorite moment in this entire episode is the amazing epic echo joke oh my god <laughs> uh, yeah like I say text my favorite moment but I died i died i i was <laughs> i'm still <laughs> laughing i think it was perfectly executed there were several layers it was great <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny oh because you have trace and rafa there too and <laughs> it's, just, it's just so funny is there an echo in here <laughs> actually there is actually there is <laughs> what i'm echo <laughs> okay <laughs> it's just oh so god. funny oh my god yeah it was really funny yeah i loved seeing i thought this episode it just had such fun action i think this has been a theme throughout a lot of the bad batch episodes but they all kind of feel a lot longer than they are like yeah. this episode was only 25 minutes i think but it felt a lot longer and i really love kind of the factory setting that always that gives a lot in terms of a plot and like and like Omega at the end, there's a lot of risk and danger in a factory kind of setting. Um, this definitely felt a lot like Attack of the Clones with Batman and Anakin, even with like like you said, the Toy Story um, kind of callback. And but it also kind of reminded me too of A New Hope when they're in the trash compactor and it's like brace yourself against something and that whole thing. So I thought it was really fun um, and kind of all the levels too. I think that's also really fun in these kinds of settings of just the up and the down and uh, the robots, the droids coming in at different uh, entry points and stuff. I think I always think there's a lot to do in these kinds of episodes. Yeah, I totally agree. It was really fun. All right. Wrecker. this is torture every single episode we record we're like oh my god and we got really close in this episode to something really bad happening and i was about to spiral i'm still spiraling (laughs) him saying him saying good soldiers follow orders i was like oh no it's happening but then when he stood up and everything was fine i'm like don't get comfortable Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, no, this is bad. Like, this isn't good. I I wrote in our notes, this is definitely going to be a problem. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's no longer a, could it be something? Could it not be something? No, it is something. Yeah. And my heart is going to give out. They are really setting us up for pain, and I am not ready. I don't even know. You know, the creators of this show keep tweeting, like, you're not ready for the second half of the series. And you know what? 
I am not ready for the second half of the series, <laughs> especially if we're going to follow this trail of Wrecker ripping my heart out. If seeing Wrecker in pain, I'm like, I can't do this. I just can't. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I forgot too that Wrecker is afraid of heights. And yes. <laughs> oh, poor Wrecker. <laughs> I just feel so bad for him. And he was they were calling him and he was just like on the ground and he couldn't get up. And then he just like whoosh, like comes in and saves the day again. I oh my gosh. It yeah, it's gonna I'm not mm, no. It's not good. It's not good. It's really bad. It's, it's really, really bad. <laughs> it's like, it's not great. I am so stressed and I have no theory to add to this, but I'm just really stressed. Like, I <laughs> I feel like we need to meet up with Rex ASAP because he knows about the removal process of the chip inside their head. And that's my only saving grace. My only Hail Mary is <laughs> the potential of meeting up with Rex that we saw in the trailer that I know is coming, but I'm just like, when? Because it can't come soon enough, you know? I uh. I think they're still – I think they're still going to have to go back to Camino and they're going to – I think Rex is going to be like, this is what you need and the only place they can go that has that kind of equipment is Camino. And so I think – because where else does clone surgery? Well, I'm going to fire back at that. Oh, fire, fire away. In the trailer, we saw them looking at wreckage of Republic cruisers. And where did Rex have his own surgery but a Republic cruiser? A Republic cruiser. That is probably equipped with clone technology. But we still got to go back for Crosshair. We have to go back for Crosshair. I know that. But I just wanted to make that connection because that feels a little likely. And also the fact just wanted to add that Omega was a medical assistant. So I feel like that is also going to come back around because it feels specific. True. And also, I think episode two, Tech mentioned working on some kind of equipment to scan their chips or to understand the chips that they all have. So maybe that could be uh, refurbished into something to remove the chip or turn it off. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, yeah. There's a lot of possibility. Yeah. I'm I'm just to circle back also to Crosshair. Yes, I'm still always thinking about Crosshair. The fact that we didn't see him again. There was no mention of him in this episode. I think this is like the first one that he's not fully mentioned in. I uh, That storyline is really going to come back around soon, I think, um, just with the Empire on their tail, because they have to introduce all these different conflicts, like the moral conflict, the physical conflict, above all. I guess they're all moral conflicts, but several different moral conflicts, I suppose. <laughs> and I I don't know. If, if again, going back to the creators tweeting about how we're not ready for the second half of the series, I am not ready for the pain. I'm not. <laughs> no. No, I never am, but I keep coming back for more. <laughs> yes. Same. As as is Star Wars. That is as how is it Star works. Is. What is it that we say? Star Wars, Star is, Wars tragedy. is tragedy. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Something that was so great about this episode is that we saw Omega starting to practice using the bow that she just got. And I loved it so much. One of my favorite moments was Sid calling her arms noodle arms. And <laughs> and then Rafa later saying that you know her arm was shaky and everything. And um, kind of working up that courage to fire like several rounds, <laughs> I yeah. guess. And I, I don't know. I really enjoyed this like small 
arc of her getting over her nervousness. And of course, it would make sense that she like wouldn't pick it up right away. And then it got me wondering about, you know, clones are engineered for warfare, I suppose. Well, these clones, right? Not all clones in general, but these clones. What happens when a clone isn't so good at firing a gun, firing a blaster, firing a bow? And I don't know. I I, I kind of went to a dark place thinking about that. But I just I mentioned that just because I think that they could have gone the route of Omega is naturally really good at weaponry because of her DNA, but they didn't do that. Um, Instead, they show that she needs some sort of training, some sort of practice, the confidence for it all. It made me think a little bit about like the Mary Sue conversations when it comes to female characters and how there's this like almost predisposition for fans to demand that female characters have training and I in order to like operate weaponry this happened and is happening with Rey constantly I feel like the answer happened in the Rise of Skywalker with the training session and things like that and I um was just thinking about that in this episode with Omega but I also found it to be natural that of course that she wouldn't learn uh bow <laughs> right away because they didn't say anything about like their DNA being perfected for weaponry at all. Um, And also it makes me think that like, even if that's a thing, I wonder if Omega is even part of that DNA or something like that, you know? Yeah. There's still the big question of who is she? Yeah. What is it about Omega that potentially that has Fennec after her and whoever hired Fennec really? Um, Exactly. I th- feel like we haven't seen kind of any of those asides that she gave in this episode. You know, in all the previous episodes, she's kind of had these, I wouldn't say cryptic kind of di- pieces of dialogue, but just like, oh, you know, her knowing exactly what the chips are for or her talking to Crosshair about, you know, I know what you're going to do, but don't do it. And these kind of like, what are you talking about, Omega? <laughs> like, yeah. please share with the group. <laughs> um, she didn't really have any of that this episode. But yeah, I think that the difference between Ray and Omega, because that was always such like a frustrating part of Ray about the conversation around Ray is that, you know, Omega is still a child. And not only is she a child, but she's lived completely isolated her entire life away from things like weaponry and clearly was never kind of even in that world on Camino. Um, she's never even stepped outside. It, it felt like, um, whereas Ray grew up on her own, having to defend herself her entire life, you know, their trajectories are very different. And so for me, it always made sense that Ray was skilled, was already coming to the table with a lot of skills. Whereas to see Omega in this situation, not have her bearings about her it makes sense but so often these differences are kind of flattened when it comes to the conversations around female characters and yeah. we get into those like what is a mary sue raise a mary sue well she's not actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um and there is a difference between what uh is shown for these two different types of characters at different points in their lives as far as the skills that they need But yeah, I really liked seeing Omega with her bow in this episode. It was hilarious. I really liked the opening of this episode 
where it was nice because uh, Echo was the one that was kind of training her. And we've talked about how it's mostly been Wrecker and uh, Hunter who have had the most kind of one-on-one time with Omega. And so it was really nice to see that it was Echo who was training her in the beginning here. <laughs> and I thought it was funny. Wrecker, too, was like, I'm not very good at it, is she? <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning it was really funny <laughs> and I, loved I, it. I also liked um i liked that omega was like really brave enough to kind of stand up to rafa in this episode and even go so far as to point her bow at her <laughs> yeah. and then get mad at her for making her lose her bow later it was really funny and then invite her to join them i know <laughs> omega just invites everyone she meets to join them on their ship and i think it's really cute <laughs> I am still on the theory that Omega is an empath and is very aware of her surroundings and the people that she encounters as like true hearts. Yeah. And I I think that she's was clearly on the defensive during this mission because of course she is. She wanders off, she doesn't really listen to directions, but it's usually because she wants to be part of the Bad Batch crew and is part of the Bad Batch crew. Yeah. Um and I think that it was, I don't know, I, I just feel like more and more she's always sees the really good in, she sees the good in people. And yeah. I, I think it's so adorable that she asks everyone to join them, to join their <laughs> ragtag crew. And it, it kind of goes to how much I love the title. And I've talked about this like many times on this show, not even in just our Bad Batch episodes, but how the title of the Bad Batch, like it works so well because it, it really does emphasize that anyone can be part of this like ragtag crew that like just because you're a little different than others like you could be part of them yeah and um i think that that's omega kind of exists in that spirit she does she's yeah i think that kind of heightened awareness of people is definitely a component of you know who is she one of the other kind of random things I forgot to mention that I really enjoyed about this episode was the fact that it was Trace who figured out how to use the tactical droid head to get them out of that sticky situation with, I think, the police droids, and that it wasn't tech. I just really enjoyed that it was Trace who kind of thought of the solution on what to do, and it wasn't, you know, we've talked about, you know, just having Wrecker and tech kind of be these, uh, so- come up with these solutions for everything, whether it's a technological solution or just kind of smashing their way out. Uh, there is, like we've talked about, the risk of kind of using that too much for those two characters. And I really enjoyed that it was Trace in this instance who came up with a creative solution for them. Totally. Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about also was the title. I think that every single Bad Batch episode has had a pretty good title so far. It's We've had a a lot of things to say about each of them. They usually have triple meetings or double meetings. And for this one, my head was turning a lot in the title of decommissioned just because I feel like not only was the droid decommissioned and they were fighting over the knowledge that droid had, but also it feels like everything post empire rising that was important to fighting for the Republic is also decommissioned and the clones themselves are decommissioned so there was this understanding of um there's a lot of different layers going on in this episode about why would the why would anyone want access to a tactical droid um and it was kind of this like mind flip of okay so now the empire wants 
the tactical droid in order to accomplish their goal, but the goal is similar yet different to what they were doing before. And now because this whole flip of like the the good guys become the bad guys, how do we continue to use what was used against us for our own good? <laughs> and it was just kind of this uh, weird mind boggling situation where I was like, oh, my God, okay, the droid is decommissioned. The Bad Batch is decommissioned. <laughs> Are Trace and Rafa decommissioned? Omega, was she ever in commission? And I was like, oh my God. And I, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's so many things that in this show are being flipped on its head of what we knew. And that was like one of the greatest things about the prequels, right? Is this idea of in the original trilogy, this is what we knew. But the fact that the stormtroopers or like what appeared to look like the stormtroopers were actually the good guys. It was like, Oh my God, how's that's all going to going to lead to the fall of the Republic, like in a, in a Roman sense. Right. And that was like a huge surprise, uh, at least like from what I understand. (laughs) And so then also to continue to explore this um, weird dichotomy that we're experiencing in, in between Um, the prequels and the original trilogy of where we exist with the Bad Batch right now of figuring out like who's the good guys and who's the bad guys and like existing in this gray um, and using the technology that was used against them um, for good or for their own. I don't know. It just got me got me thinking a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't really have a lot to add to that. But I think just overall, the the transportation of goods is a theme that we've talked about a couple of times on the show. And in this time period, as you kind of mentioned, seeing what, you know, if we're assuming that it is Bale that Trace and Rafa are talking to, that what he has to take advantage of is old stuff that they used to use in the time of the Republic, but that the Empire is like, well, we don't need that anymore because we're in control, but they're having to secretly get that information now, even though Bale is still like playing the role of senator, but you have all these things kind of all these people and parts and equipment uh, and resources moving constantly throughout the galaxy. And a lot of our stories are our heroes, our characters coming into contact with these different resources, whatever they are, whether they're people or technology or like actual like food and supplies and stuff like that. And I think that it's I think it's always interesting to see kind of who needs what in any given time period in Star Wars. Yeah, it, I'm actually just sitting here thinking about how well shows like The Clone Wars and to a certain extent Rebels did a really good job of putting the political needs about like the ideas of resources and peace and what that means for each um, each planet. They put them in the center of their stories. And a lot of that was George Lucas just riffing you know (laughs) i feel like we haven't really gotten that a lot in star wars in a long time and i think that they do a really good job of showing the background and kind of hinting at things and being subtle by while also putting the characters needs first and i think that's great but it would be nice to have another politically motivated episode similar to what we used to get with certain arcs in the clone wars but i just feel like they actually might be unlikely to do that because of those were always like people's at least uh least favorite episodes (laughs) (laughs) they might though because the the bad batch has to really come to terms with with their purpose and who okay. they're who they're ultimately going to be doing things for. Right now, everything is out of necessity. But I think that before it was just out of duty. 
mm-hmm. when they were when the the war was still going on. Now it's out of necessity, and then they're going to have to shift into their actual purpose, what totally. they decide to do. So I think they're going to have to come face to face with some kind of political entity to really get an understanding of who they are or aren't working for. Yeah, and that might happen with bail if, yeah, if it exactly. is bail. I mean. Who else is better to talk about politics than Bail Organa? It makes sense. And I, for one, am always here for a good Jimmy Smith's. Same. If it is Jimmy Smith's. <laughs> but I'm here for it. I'm always Regardless. here for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love Bail. I think, I feel like one day we need to do a Bail episode because he does just kind of pop up everywhere. Totally. A Bail deep dive. We should. A Bail deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's an interesting character and he he's he's responsible for a lot of things going on. Right. And he always exists as a hologram somewhere. When yeah. in doubt, there's a, a Bail hologram being played somewhere in the galaxy. Oh my God. That's so true. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else that we've missed touching on in this episode? I don't know. I think I I think we should end on the question of what is next for the show. Like next episode or the rest of the season? Yeah, the rest of the season. I think the rest of the season is all these points are I think we're going to find out about what it is about Omega that has people coming for her. And I think I think we're going to end I think I think the season finale is going to be back on Camino with Crosshair and Wrecker and all of that. So I think in the next couple episodes that's when we'll meet up with Rex and figure out that stuff. We're obviously going to have this tension with Wrecker that is going to come to a head. They're going to have to figure that out. But I think the up the season will end with them back on Camino, with or without Crosshair. They figure out about Omega and they could do a really big cliffhanger in the fact that like Omega gets kidnapped at the end of the season. But I think that they'll go back to Camino, like get Wrecker fixed or get Crosshair figure out something Omega, something will happen on Camino, and that will be their, like, goodbye to Camino because they'll have escaped once and for all and have no more ties left to Camino. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be dramatic. It really is going to be dramatic, and I can't wait to see where it goes. I just – I hope that there's more interesting moral questions. I hope that we get to dive deeper into each of the clones, um, each of the members of the Bad Batches, uh, thought processes, and – the thing I, I think about also is that I don't necessarily think that we've seen any of the other characters besides Hunter sort of questioning the path that they're on. And I hope that we get to see that again. Um, I think that we know that the Bad Batch is like a unit and wherever they one goes, they all go. And I think that's great. But I would like to see some exploration of individuality, I think. Yeah. And I think we'll get it as the as the series progresses overall. Me too. I gotta have patience because we're only like six episodes in and we've seen so much and I'm like head over heels in love with the characters and the show. It's so good. I really am looking forward to every single Friday. Yeah, it's really fun. All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap up this week's episode all about decommissioned. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you guys are also enjoying Bad Batch along with us week to week. And if you want to find us online, you can find us at SkyTalkersPod on Twitter or Charlotte's personal handle is at Clarity and mine is at Caitlin Flusher. We also have our website, SkyTalkers.com, our Facebook, Instagram, and our TikTok account. You can follow us all there. Just search for SkyTalkers Podcast and you'll probably definitely find us. (laughs) 
And if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes, we would really appreciate it if you took a couple seconds to go and do that. It helps other people find our show. And if you're interested in other ways to support us, you can also head on over to our Patreon and check out our reward tiers there. Yes. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Rachel, John, Kevin, Jared, Ian, Mike, Thomas, Daniel, Bridget, Candace, Brad, Shelbo, Captain Britton, Jackson, Carrie, Raphael, Joey, and Nicole. Thank you so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.